from across the globe, from the centre of aerospace, and now to you. Thank you for downloading the Aero Society podcast from the Royal Aeronautical Society. Thank you uh, very much and uh, congratulations, Richard, for your award, but even more for your achievements. Uh, so thank you very much for inviting me uh, to address 30 years at ESA, which means, uh, if I have understood well, uh, dedicating two minutes per year. Uh, and maybe this is the best way to characterize my 30 years at ESA. Time has been flying very fast. And I can report that my life has not been boring at all. But I have had the privilege to, uh, to be at the right place at the right moment. And that, I must say, that I would like to, uh, to share that with you, because uh, sometimes you can wonder if your career is something that, uh, which is uh, predetermined. No, I just arrived at the right place at the right moment. I was starting as uh, part of the space station program. And it was exactly at that time that we had the reunification between Space Station Freedom, the space station of the West, and of Mir 2, which was a space station of uh, the East. So to be there, I can tell you, early 90s, to uh, merge two space stations into one was certainly an interesting time. Then I was... Uh, in charge of international relations when ESA has started concrete cooperation with Russia with the two Euromir missions that I have negotiated myself, with Japan on the Artemis satellite, and with China with Double Star. And uh, obviously uh, the program director was uh, David, but uh, I was in charge of the international relations. Then I was the director of strategy when ESA has started to cooperate with the European Union, another interesting time. I became director of launchers exactly when member states have decided to add to Ariane, Soyuz, and Vega. I have signed the contracts uh, as director of launcher to complete the range of launch capabilities. And I became director general when ESA has turned to, uh, to become a world-leading space agency, as well as a reliable vector of competitiveness and growth in Europe. And that are a lot of change on which I shall give you some more highlights. So after 30 years, ESA is not the same. This is not the same ESA that I have entered in 1986. And I am certainly not the one who, have, who has changed ESA. At least I am not by far the only one. But what I can tell you is that ESA has changed me. I am older today than its first change. Uh, but... I have also gained a lot of experience about ESA, its partners, 
about ESA capabilities and also its constraints, and a lot about its past and therefore about its future. So instead of spending two minutes per year, I shall address four topics. More to stimulate questions and discussions uh, than to just impose my views. And I keep a look on the clock. So the four topics will be 30 years of achievements and 30 years of change, first part. The second part will be the contribution from and to UK in these achievements and changes. The third topic will be on the recipes of success. And the fourth will be to address the future. Even though I shall not be part of the future of ESA, I think that uh, the future is certainly the most interesting part because uh, uh, this is certainly the part on which we could have discussions and questions. I think that uh, it's too late to have questions on the past. So, 30 years of achievements and 30 years of change. So I shall not list all the achievements of ESA, which are much too many, and many more each year. When I arrived at ESA, we had one launch of a new mission per year. Today we are between five and ten, meaning that there is uh, much more launches of new missions today than it could be at that time. And even more than the number of launches, the number of data, the number of scientific results, the number of services, the number of jobs created, in short, the value of what ESA missions are bringing down to Earth is growing every day. So I shall focus on the most noticeable changes which have occurred during the last 30 years. And I shall illustrate some, from time to time some changes by uh, some pictures on uh, the most famous achievements. So I have uh, put the changes in two categories. Changes uh, in the means that ESA is using and changes in the results. It being understood that there is a close link between the means and the results, obviously. As far as the means are concerned, I have identified three main changes. The first one, is the balance of activities. In 86, we were still very close to SRO and ELDO, meaning that the, the main task of ESA in 86 were, let's put it science, and even it was space science, space science à la Southwood, uh, space science and launchers. I would say science and infrastructure. This was the two main activities of ESA at that time. Science was focused in 86 on the newly defined Horizon 2000, which was the starting point of something uh, uh, more European. <coughs> on infrastructure, we were just 
uh, after the decision on Ariane 5, Columbus, I would like to recall that at, at that time, part of the polar platform, meaning what has become Envisat, was part of Columbus, which was justifying the contribution of UK to Columbus at that time. Uh, Hermès, data relay satellite, all that was a big infrastructure programs decided in 85-87. Applications were there, but not yet fully developed. We had obviously developed the first telecommunication satellites, uh, but not yet fully fledged uh, telecommunication services. We had already, we were already working on meteorology satellites, but uh, we were at the very beginning of the meteorology satellite. And uh, all that was just the starting point of applications program. I must say today the situation is very different. Science is representing 30% of the ESA total activities. Launchers and infrastructure less than 30%, <coughs> and applications and services are the most important part of the ESA activities, representing more than 40% of ESA activities. So it's a totally different uh, type of uh, distribution of activities. And, and more than that, science is not only anymore, by far, space science, science of space, but this is also a lot of Earth science, which was not there at that time, and also science in space with the use of the International Space Station, meaning that if science today represents 30% of the ESA activities, it's much more than the science which could be uh, 30 years ago. On launchers, okay, there was some increase because of the decision taken uh, last December 2014, with the development of uh, Ariane 6 and Vega C, but it's not so much an increase. We are staying in the corridor because we have just completed the development of Soyuz and Vega, meaning that these developments are uh, completed, and we are spending less money to support the exploitation. So uh, the launcher is uh, almost the same uh, budget as uh, in the last uh, 20, uh, 25 years. And the in-orbit infrastructure is completed. And uh, just to say that uh, I was lucky to be there when the Columbus, at the end, was launched in uh, February 2008. You know that during 20 years, the calendar of Columbus has not changed. It was always in five years. But at last, we have launched it uh, in 2008. Uh, but I recall that Columbus was twice that laboratory at that time when I arrived at ESA, and it was part of Space Station Freedom. And it was twice that size, because at that time, the Space Station Freedom was on a 28-degree orbit. And when we have reunified the space station, we had to go to 51 degrees, meaning that the space shuttle could not have the same performance, meaning that we had to cut Columbus by two. 
And since I was a naive engineer still at that time, I thought that a shorter Columbus would cost less. <laughs> I can report that it was not the case. Uh, meaning that I have got some experience. And more than Columbus, we have launched, industry has launched and produced one ATV per year. And we have just finished the story of ATV uh, at the beginning of this year with the re-entry of the fifth one. And that it's a fantastic uh, program because uh, to produce, this is the most complex vehicle that uh, we have ever developed in Europe because it's at the same time an upper stage of launcher, a satellite, a part of a, a manned uh, infrastructure. So the complexity of ATV is uh, very important and it was a fantastic success. And the, the rendezvous and docking of the ATV with the space station is still unique, unique. I remember that for ATV4, we have made a docking without contact because there is a, a docking in a cone and uh, the, the rendezvous was so precise that there was no contact with the cone. And I was told by the Russians that it was luck. <laughs> but we have repeated that for ATV5. So I told to the Russians, you see, it's not only luck. <laughs> so ATV is a fantastic program. So we have completed the infrastructure, meaning that today the activities in infrastructure at ESA are not the biggest part of what we are doing at ESA. While applications and services have become the most important part of ESA activities. Obviously, this is a domain of partnership. I shall come back to that. Meaning that applications and services are not financed only by the member states. It is financed by the European Union. It is financed by private industry. It's financed by operators. But all in all, it means that applications and services represent between 40 and 45% of what we are doing at ESA. And this is telecommunications, even though ESA is not delivering services anymore in terms of communication, the operators are doing that. Uh, but uh, ESA is well involved in the telecommunications program, uh, uh, helping European industry and operators to be the best of the world. And we have succeeded. The telecom operators, the European telecom operators are the biggest of the world. And that is a demonstration that what we can do together. Meteorology, we have the best meteorologic satellite of the world also. We are at the third generation of Meteosat in uh, geostationary orbit. We are at the second generation of the uh, METOP satellite in polar orbit. And all that has contributed to, uh, the, uh, uh, to make of uh, Europe the best in, in space meteorology, space-based meteorology. And when you know that 30% of the European economy is sensitive to weather forecast, be it for transport, agriculture, uh, and so on, there is a lot of economic value uh, behind the meteorology satellite. We are developing the Galileo uh, constellation. 
uh, on behalf of the European Union. We are developing the Copernicus uh, constellation, uh, again, on behalf of the European Union. We have developed a lot the integration, the integrated applications, promotion. We, have, we are at our ninth business incubator center in Europe. All that is applications and services. Meaning that the volume of activities of ESA have doubled. And the Earth's observation have become, has become, and by far, the most important program of ESA in terms of budget. The Earth's observation programs at ESA represent 1.3 billion per year. And uh, meaning demonstrating the, the priority given by member states to Earth observation. And Earth observation is Earth science, and you have uh, on this uh, chart uh, the, uh, the gravitation field measured by uh, the satellite Goche, which has just ended its mission uh, last uh, year. But Goche has uh, provided a lot of uh, information on the gravitation field, and therefore on the uh, ocean circulation. And you know that uh, the influence of the ocean circulation on the climate, and especially the Gulf Stream, and uh, the day we have not anymore the Gulf Stream, I think that all the Brits will be in the south of France. And, uh, <laughs> and this is the reason why we are taking care of the Gulf Stream. <laughs> uh, we, um, But we are, we are launching almost one satellite per year dedica dedicated to our science. So here you have uh, also uh, information coming from the satellite SMOS, which uh, is soil moisture and ocean salinity, which has also a strong influence on the climate. And on, on uh, your right, uh, Cryosat, which are looking at the ice, and uh, we are the only ones uh, in the world to measure the volume of ice, not the surface. Everybody is looking at the surface. But what we can do ourselves, it's uh, from uh, a satellite, we can measure the thickness of uh, ice, which is the volume and therefore the mass. And there also you know that uh, the uh, ice cover is melting at uh, high speed. Meaning that with the Earth science, we are looking at the oceans, we are looking at land, we are looking at atmosphere, and we are looking at ice, the four elements of the climate. So this is just a demonstration that the activities at ESA are very different from what they were uh, 30 years ago. Second big change, the membership of ESA. It can look a detail. But when I arrived at ESA, we were 11 member states. Today, we are 22, exactly twice the number of member states. And there is an acceleration in this new membership uh, because we shall be uh, 25, 28 uh, in just a couple of years. And that has changed ESA. First of all, in the meeting rooms at ESA, uh, we had to extend the tables Meaning that now, since the director general is at the end of the table, uh, I am back on the wall. Uh, meaning that uh, next member state, I am through the wall. 
or we have to make a mezzanine so that I don't know how my successor will take that. But, but uh, clearly, uh, we had to change. Let's say now headquarters of ESA is not anymore the, the house of the executive uh, or the director general or the administration. This is the house of member states, which is good, which is good, because there is a, a, a spirit of, of property, or at least I hope so, from the member states. But that has changed also the decision-making process. As you know, we have one country, one vote. And uh, while, on the other hand, this is always a very few countries which are contributing to the budget. Let's say, with 11 member states or 22 member states, this is still two member states providing more than 50% of the budget, France and Germany. Still four member states France, Germany, UK, and Italy providing more than 75% of the budget, and six member states providing 85% of the, of the budget. And that it's almost independent from the number of member states. Meaning that there is a, a, a reinforcement of the political strength by the number of member states. But on the other hand, it's clear that uh, the big contributors are, uh, have the impression that uh, they are uh, more and more isolated there, meaning that there is something to do on the decision-making process. And as a result of that, of this uh, level of contribution, the industrial capacities in Europe are concentrated in six countries, while the services and the benefits are distributed on 30 countries. And that is a gap which is increasing between those who are providing the infrastructure and those who are benefiting from the services uh, provided by this infrastructure. And this is, in my view, the best way to define the relationship between ESA and EU. ESA being the provider, ESA member states being the provider of infrastructure, and the EU being the user of this infrastructure. And this is on that basis that myself, I was the one to uh, stimulate the relationship between ESA and EU. And we have more and more relationship between ESA and EU. But ESA and EU is to connect the space world with the world of citizens, the space world and the space infrastructure with the uh, sectorial policies. Policies for environment, policies for security, policies for agriculture, policies for uh, development, and so on. So, today, we are working, and you see that we are smiling when we are uh, cooperating with the, the European uh, Commission. So, uh, you see that it's a lot of smiles. Uh, and our cooperation is growing every day. Now, on the other hand, this is true that this type of cooperation is not easy uh, because we are two different worlds. We are an agency driven by projects. They are an organization driven by regulations and uh, policies, and meaning that we have to learn from each other. This is what we are doing. And uh, this relationship is irreversible and must grow, but obviously 
uh, we have to make sure that uh, this is for the good of the, uh, all the citizens. And, uh, but we have much more partnership than with the European Union. We have more and more partnership with industry and operators, which is public-private partnership. Today, the telecommunications program of ISA is not anymore an ISA program. All telecommunications activities are made in the framework of public-private partnership. And I shall come back to that. The first one were developed with UK operators. But we have developed ILAS, we have developed Alphasat, uh, AG1, uh, EDRS, uh, Electra, Neosat. All these public-private partnerships are driving the telecommunication program. And we are starting to do that in launchers. The decision on Ariane 6 is not just a new launcher, but this is a totally different way to uh, develop launchers and exploit launchers in Europe, where the ESA member states and industry are sharing the objectives, the risk, not sure of the benefits uh, that we shall see. Uh, we, uh, we are also developing partnership with investors. As I said, uh, uh, the integrated application program is a program made in partnership with investors. The business incubation centers are centers created with investors. And we have more and more partnership with the international partners. In 30 years, we have moved from a, a junior partner of NASA, let's face it, uh, to the most reliable partner of the world and of the world. Because now we are cooperating with Russia, we are cooperating with uh, Japan, we are cooperating with China. And, and our role as a partner in the world is based on demonstration, not on words, not on books, but on demonstration. And we have celebrated two weeks ago the 25th anniversary of the Hubble Space Telescope. I can tell you that ESA was very visible uh, in Washington, D.C. for this 25th anniversary. Uh, we were so good in the International Space Station with the ATV that now NASA has put ESA on the critical path of the development of their new crew transportation system. The, mod the service module of Orion will be provided by ESA. And ExoMars, we have succeeded on ExoMars to move in one year from a cooperation with the United States to a cooperation with Russia. And that is a demonstration of the reliability of ESA. Because if we were not reliable partners, we would not have done that. So this is all the change that I have uh, uh, identified in means. That is conducting, obviously, to change in results. First of all, the role of ESA is very different. We have moved from uh, a customer-contractor relationship to a partner-to-partner -partner relationship. And I can tell you it's much more comfortable to be in a customer-contractor relationship. It's more, much more comfortable for the two parties, for the customer and the contractor. Because when there is a success, you are the one. When there is a difficulty, the other is the one. 
So that is the relationship between customer and uh, contractor. Much more difficult to be partner because you have to share the objectives. You have to share the calendar. And I see uh, my colleague of Inmarsat uh, uh, making uh, Alphasat within Marsat is different from uh, previous uh, telecommunication satellites. So we have to share the resources, we have to share the risks, we have to share the difficulties. So it's much more difficult to be partner, but it pays off, meaning that the benefits are much bigger uh, than when you are doing that on a just purely customer-contractor approach, and you share the benefits. So that is the first change in the relationship between ESA and its partners. The second change is the value of what we are doing at ESA. I have already mentioned that. We are now at ESA an enabler of economic growth because the economy is mostly with the applications and the services. The economy is not in space. So it does not mean that science and infrastructure are useless. That, be careful on that. Because most of the applications and services are coming from uh, an improvement in knowledge, an improvement in technology, in an improvement in competitiveness. Why? Because the competitor of space-based services is not so much the other space actors. The, comp the real competitor is a ground-based competition, meaning that uh, to, uh, to have space-based services, you have to demonstrate that it's much more competitive than the space-based solution. And this is the reason why science and infrastructure is still very important for applications and services and for the economy. But it's clear that today the driver of investments at ESA is economy. We have demonstrated, and I think that we have succeeded, to demonstrate that space is not an expense, it is an investment, an investment in the future. And that type of investment has diversified a lot the type of investment. And this is the reason why it's not anymore developing infrastructure, or at least not only developing new infrastructure. It's also using the data, developing the, the services based on the technology and on data. And this is the raison d'etre of the integrated application promotion program or of the business incubation center. I shall be on Friday in Bavaria to, uh, to open the 10th business incubation center in Ottobrunn. And we have already created 3,000 jobs with this incubation, with these incubators. And we are creating 100 new companies every year with these uh, business incubation centers. 87% of success. Uh, more than 20% of growth every year. It's more than the number of candidates to your price. So, um, and... Uh, the last on, on, economy and, on economy and service and applications, this is the, the importance of education. The importance of educating people for the future economy. And space is a fantastic driver to attract the best people to uh, science and technology, meaning that it's also a factor of economy. The third change is certainly the image of ESA image in Europe, but also image in the world. 
And that, I must say, that uh, the three most fantastic science missions that uh, I have had myself during my mandate, and I have no credit for that. I am only, uh, again, at the right place at the right moment. But uh, we had Huygens, and this was the first time when we landed on Titan that we had the, the front page of all newspapers in the world. And that as we have done that again with this image, which is a fossil light after the Big Bang, what Planck has been able to, uh, to provide has been on the front page. And I, I am collecting this front page, front page of all newspapers in the world, including the Financial Times, by the way. <laughs> and this is uh, the reason why I have said, okay, when the finance is interested by the fossil light, it's, it's good news. And, uh, and we have done that again with Rosetta. I know that you have had some presentation of Rosetta, so, and I am not the specialist of Rosetta. Uh, but Rosetta and Philae, we have been also on the front page of each uh, of all newspapers. And even more than that, and this is true, when I landed in Orlando, Florida, on the 3rd of December, 2014, uh, at the immigration, I was asked what, why a French was coming in Florida. So, uh, and I said, I am coming to see the launch of Orion. And, uh, and I was uh, asked, but what are you doing? So I said, OK, I am uh, working at the European Space Agency. I did not even say that I was director general. It was not useful. Isa. And he said, ah, you are the one to have landed on a, on a comet. So when someone at the immigration in Orlando, <laughs> Florida, make the link between ISA and the comet, I can tell you that it's a different image. We have also a different image thanks to uh, all the data that we are providing for climate change. We are by far the space agency in the world providing uh, the, the, the maximum number of data uh, related to climate change. And we shall feed the conference COP21, which will take place in December in Paris. We are also very well known with the, uh, unfortunately, at each natural disasters. And uh, we had a lot of pictures uh, from Kathmandu uh, in the recent uh, weeks. And uh, all that is... Uh, is a change, uh, meaning that, uh, uh, okay, I have already mentioned that we have the best meteorology satellites, we have the biggest telecom operators. All that has changed the image of ESA in the world. So I am coming to the contribution of UK now. Interesting. So UK, just to recall that UK was a founding member of ESRO and ELDO. It was the good old times where uh, UK was uh, part of the launchers. Uh, and I am glad that uh, Monsieur Pardou uh, was uh, on uh, uh, the blue streak and therefore on Europa 2 uh, as uh, his name associated to uh, your uh, reward. So UK was founding member of ESRO and ELDO. UK has always been very important to ISA. And I said even uh, once uh, in front of uh, the uh, Science and Technology Committee of the House of Commons that uh, ESA could not exist without UK. So 
just to say that I have said that officially and formally in front of a serious uh, committee. It was on the 19th of March uh, 2007, but I shall come back to that meeting because it was an important meeting. But, but the importance of UK has been fluctuating over, over the years with uh, ups and downs. And I shall just quote Jean-Marie Luton, who was director general in the 90s. He has written in 1995, and I can give you the, the book where it has been written. He has written, the UK has not a strong presence in ESA. In the first 20 years, it has focused on telecommunications and is now exclusively turning towards Earth observation. So it was not totally true but it was not totally wrong either. When I remember, and Monsieur Southwood will remember, that, uh, that even at the Council at Ministerial Level 1995, the same year, UK was a driver in reducing the level of resource of visa, and therefore the science program. That was uh, the downs. So the presence of UK... Uh, become more visible at the turn of the century, and, and mostly because Lord Sainsbury was the chair of the council at ministerial level at the end of the 90s, because he has chaired the council at ministerial level in 1999 in Brussels, meaning that the following one in 2001 took place in Edinburgh, and uh, it was not yet a more significant presence in the programs, but a better presence in, uh, uh, around the council table. So I think that the turning point took place in 2007. And I am coming back to this famous uh, uh, Science and Technology Committee of the House of Commons, which uh, organized uh, several sessions of uh, space policy evidence. At least the, the word space policy evidence was not bad. Uh, so... Uh, I was invited to the sixth session of the Space Policy Evidence, and it was on the 19th of March 2007, and I was sitting next to David Southwood. And I shall always remember this, this uh, session during which I was calling UK an anomaly in ESA, and that uh, I was saying that the only chance for UK to host an ESA center, because I have been asked why no ESA center, was just for UK to become a big contributor and that we could make a deal. UK becomes a big contributor and we shall put an ESA center in UK. And that was a starting point because all that was taken in the report. Just to say that the report, because I have looked at, back at the report yesterday. Uh, so the report, unfortunately, uh, was issued on the 4th of July 2007, demonstrating the bias of UK, because the, you could have chosen the 14th of July, but okay. <laughs> I am sure that you, on purpose, you have chosen the 4th of July. Uh, but the, the, government's, the, government, the government response uh, was issued on the 9th of October 2007, and, and the UK space strategy was issued by the end of 2007. Just to say that 2007 was, uh, in my view, a turning point. And from that very moment, thanks to a collective effort in UK, 
because I think that it was a collective effort by all actors in UK, government, industry, operators, uh, scientists, uh, everybody has worked to make this strategy of the end of 2007 a reality, because the strategy is just a piece of paper. Uh, the, the, the most difficult part usually in a strategy is to translate the strategy into actions and into, uh, into programs. That has been done. Meaning that the role of space in UK, as well as the role of UK at ISA, have dramatically changed since then. Materializing in several steps, uh, the first one in the council at ministerial level 2008, Next one, Council at Ministerial level in 2012, where UK has increased significantly its contribution to ESA. And what was good for ESA was not only the money of UK, not only the capacity of UK, but the ideas of UK. Because I can say, and I can repeat, and I, uh, I am ready to repeat that even outside of London, that and I have said that, and David uh, knows that, David Parker, that uh, UK has driven a lot of change at ISA. As I said, the, the, the first public-private partnership of ISA were invented here in UK with the operator Avanti, and after that, uh, operator in Marsat, and, uh, and that was the starting point of the public-private uh, uh, partnership, uh, making of UK the biggest contributor of the telecommunication program. But we got also the strong support of, uh, of UK to, to start the integrated application uh, promotion program. And this is thanks to UK that we could translate a good idea into uh, actions, again, making, make it, making it a reality and a success. UK has also taken the leadership of the Climate Change Initiative. And in return, and this was a deal, we have built up Arwell. But Arwell is not just another center of ISA. This is a totally new type of center. And myself, and I have said that to the other uh, member states, I would like to make of Arwell the, the pilot, the model of what should be ISA centers in the, in the future. Because uh, the ISA part of Harwell, because this is just a small part of Harwell, uh, is open to the rest of the world. It's not a closed center. There is no walls around this center. Uh, this is a totally open center. And I am glad that uh, we have been able to do that. And I am glad that the building will be uh, inaugurated on the 9th of July. At least you have not chosen the 4th of July, so uh, uh, this is an improvement. Um, so we, uh, and you, you see that on this picture that uh, Roy Gibson uh, has been, uh, uh, has provided his name to this uh, new uh, ISA center. And I am glad of that because uh, everything has started at ISA uh, through uh, with Roy. So another part also of what UK has brought to ISA, this is the importance of space for education. UK has been the promoter of the E0 uh, network uh, for education. And, uh, and I think that that is very important. 
I was reporting to the minister this afternoon that uh, I have been invited to the uh, Simon Langton Grammar School for Boys, as I was saying. It's called for boys, but they are, they are girls. Uh, but, uh, and I was there during the eclipse. I have spent one day in that uh, grammar school, and this is one of my, uh, of my days. It was fantastic to, uh, to talk and to see these uh, children, because they were 16, 17 uh, years old. But they are so enthusiastic about space, and that uh, this is something that uh, you should continue to cultivate. So we shall have the flight of team uh, by the end of the year, uh, and again linked to education. And even now, UK is back to launchers because uh, you are developing new engines and uh, for uh, launchers, and uh, meaning that there are so many actions in UK which is making the difference between UK in space today and UK in space 30 years ago. Uh, so uh, I would like just to say thank you, UK, because you have brought a lot to ISA. I hope that ISA has brought to uh, UK, but, uh, but I think that uh, UK has brought a lot to ISA. Meaning that ISA has changed, UK has changed. I have to uh, hurry up. Uh, but the success is still there. And that is not so easy, because it's difficult to change when you are successful. And I can tell you that changing uh, at ISA, uh, okay, the, because the old recipes have brought success, so why changing the recipes? Not easy, not easy to change when you are successful. Not easy to stay successful when you change. So uh, to have ISA still being successful, in spite of the change of ISA, is something which is very important. And this is the reason why I've tried to, uh, to identify the recipes of success. I shall go quick there, because it's only recipes. But uh, uh, last year, we have celebrated uh, 20, 25, no, 50 years, 50 years of cooperation and innovation at ISA. And this is the two first recipe. It's cooperation and innovation. Cooperation? Because we could not do, let's say, any individual member state, including the French, they could not do without the cooperation at ISA. So the cooperation at ISA is at the heart of the success of ISA. Not easy to cooperate. I can tell you, uh, each time I have a council meeting, I measure the difficulty to cooperate. So it's not easy to cooperate. But, uh, and it's even slower, because to take decisions at 22, okay, you need a little bit more time. But it's necessary, and this is much more sustainable. And uh, so cooperation is the first recipe. The second one is innovation. We are innovating every day. We are inventing the future at ISA, not only in ISA. We are inventing the future with our partners. But we are inventing the future. I always told to ESOC, my colleagues of ESOC, you have to invent the operations of 10 years from now, not the routine operations that uh, everybody can do that. But we have to invent. And it's not only technology. And obviously, to innovate, you have to take risks. And that, this is the difficult part of innovation. Everybody wants to innovate. 
But when you say that to innovate, you have to take risks uh, more difficult, especially in a government organization. But we have to take risks. Making Rosetta was very risky. <laughs> Rosetta was invented 30 years ago. And uh, it was risky to, land on, to, to, to have the idea to land on a comet. And, uh, but we made it. And the only way to reconcile success and risk, and that I have said that many times, is expertise. Expertise is the only way to reconcile risk and success. And expertise is not only technical there also. The expertise is human. And that I am saying that to all the young people and the students. Expertise is not only mathematics, science, engineering, but it's also human because of the cooperation. You cannot cooperate with someone that you don't understand. That is the expertise. Meaning that at the end, the recipes are only recipes. But as you know, in the cook, uh, this is not the recipes which are important. This is the chef. Meaning that at the end, the important part of the recipe of the success is the people. The people of ISA, the people of industry, the people of, uh, of uh, the scientific community, the, the people of the research centers, every people. But the people is the most important part. And the people are becoming old. Look at me. Uh, meaning that uh, we have to sustain this, uh, uh, this expertise, uh, this uh, human expertise. We are working with several, several generations. And a significant part of the cooperation is between the young guys and the experienced guys. Because this is that cooperation which uh, improves the expertise. And... Uh, and the, this successive generation is very important. This is what I say. I, I am meeting twice a year the newcomers of ISA. I am asked to, uh, to welcome them at ISA. And I am always, since 12 years, meaning that I have said that 24, time, 24 times, uh, I am always concluding my speech by saying, don't let ISA change you. You, the newcomers, you have to change ISA. And uh, this is true for my successor. <laughs> I hope that Isa will not change him, that he will change Isa. Because the people is very important. So uh, thanks to all that, Isa is synonym of success. Not so much in spite of the change, but thanks to the change. Because Isa could not stay successful if Isa uh, had not changed, meaning that uh, ISA has to continue and, and change. And this is, okay, I shall be short on the future, unfortunately. Just one word on the future. The future will be made of more changes, I am sure, including the change of people, starting with the director general. So uh, we, we have to... Uh, we have to prepare the, the changes of the future. Obviously, one of the drivers in the future will certainly stay the economy, the competitiveness, the growth. That, I am sure, that it will stay as a driver in all what we are doing at ISA. But this will not be enough. 
because this is the future of planet Earth, which is at stake, and even the life on planet Earth, which is at stake, and where space and ESA must take a growing importance. Meaning that the economy driver is for the short term, because that is the short term we have to create competitiveness and jobs, and that this is in the short term. Nobody is interested by the jobs in 10 years from now. While the, the other driver, which is the future of planet Earth and the future on planet Earth, is for the longer term, even though actions have to be taken in the short term. So um, that is the result of the two main messages that space has brought to planet Earth. The first message coming from space is that planet Earth is one. And that this is the heritage of Apollo. I have said that many times in Washington, the heritage of Apollo is not anymore by far the fact that this is the US flag which was the first on the moon. It's totally irrelevant to the, to the current world. What stays from Apollo is Apollo 8, Christmas 1968, First time that a crew was uh, escaping the, gravi the gravity of Earth, turning around the moon. And uh, Bill Anders was saying, we have made all this way to explore the moon, but the most important thing is that we have discovered planet Earth. Because they are the three first men in the history having seen the planet Earth as a ball of golf. This is the way uh, Monsieur Anders, I have not seen that, seen pictures but uh, as a small ball of golf, saying that the future on planet Earth is collective, because planet Earth is one. And the second message is that planet Earth is unique. There is no alternative to planet Earth. The first planet uh, is not yet at reach. So uh, we have no alternative but to continue to live on planet Earth. So the fact that planet Earth is one and planet Earth is unique is two messages coming from space, and that we have to take into account to invent the future of space and the role of space in the future. So uh, that is certainly something that we have to uh, integrate more in what we are doing. This concerns, obviously, environment and climate change, and that we, have, we are already making a lot on that. But it's also management of resources especially the expandable resources, and maybe bring some additional resources. But this is also international cooperation. I always insist on that. Space is a model of cooperation. And space has always been a forerunner of the cooperation. We were still in the middle of the Cold War when the Apollo Soyuz took place in 1975. The first reunification that we have done was in space with the International Space Station. And I hope that the next one will be the reunification between the International Space Station and the Chinese Space Station. Because international cooperation in space is a driver of cooperation on ground. Six astronauts today on board the International Space Station, 6,000 people working together on three continents to make them safely living and working in the space station. Meaning that, and I have said that, especially with the current problems with Russia, that we should not export the problem of planet Earth to space. On the contrary, we have to import from space uh, the model of cooperation.
And the last part is the role of education. I am convinced that space is a fantastic driver to attract, to motivate young generations. And uh, that is also something that we have to uh, integrate fully in what uh, we, shall, uh, we shall do, we should do at ISA. So, still so many things to do at ISA. I am sure that uh, the director generals are passing, uh, ISA is staying. And uh, so many things to do at ISA. My successor will not have a boring life, I, uh, I can guarantee uh, that. And uh, new people, they have to bring new ideas, new change at ISA. And this is what I wish for ISA. Thank you very much. From across the globe, from the center of aerospace, and now to you. Thank you for downloading. Visit www.aerosociety.com to download more from this series and other multimedia content from the Royal Aeronautical Society. If you enjoyed this content, please consider showing your support for the Society. Share a link to this presentation by email or on your favorite social networks. If you have an interest in aerospace, consider the professional and personal benefits of membership. Visit www.aerosociety.com. This content is provided subject to our website and digital media terms of use. Please visit www.aerosociety.com for more information.